listening to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, presented by Brandon Elliott. This show will be going over all aspects of real estate investing and is intended to educate, motivate, and prepare you to take action on your first or next real estate investment. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Elliott. Today, we're going to be diving into basically not quitting your W-2 job too early. A lot of people are in the situation right now where they might not be enjoying their current daily jobs, their J-O-B, but there is a lot of power behind having a W-2. And if you've been there for more than two years and you can get the traditional financing, you can get the loan very quick, easy, and pay like the best rates. So overall, there's a lot of power behind it. We're going to be diving into that. But Alex, what's up, brother? How you doing today? Hello, everyone. Good to be here, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, dude, I'm excited to have you on here. We connected online and uh, the power of social media. Very awesome. Power of social media is real. Yeah, so I know you're coming from Atlanta. What part in Atlanta? I'm uh, not far from the capital, so about 20 minutes away in the suburbs here. Sick. Okay, love it. And basically, I mean, you've done damn near everything when it comes down to real estate. You've done the wholesaling, fix and flip, rentals, Airbnb, family. Yeah. So anybody out there that doesn't know exactly who you are, do you mind just diving into it? Like when you got started, who you are, exactly what you're up to? Yeah, sure. I'll give a brief background. So my name is Alex Babaya coming to you from Atlanta, Georgia. That's where I primarily invest. I know the area um, like the back of my hands. I started when I was 21 years old when I bought my first rental property in downtown Atlanta for just $11,000. One bedroom, one bathroom for $11,000. That's how I started my career. I so, love it. My, my first one was 9000 Oh man, you beat me. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So, um, you know, I did the traditional route of going, getting my bachelor's degree in college. I got uh, my degree in accounting and finance. After that, um, I got my master's in tax while um, throughout the whole time I was investing in real estate, buying, picking up rental properties, one at a time and uh, building a portfolio like that. Um, as you know, most of us learn through our rentals, uh, I started um, doing single family houses and then that led to doing a couple flips. Then when you um, do the flips, you know, you see the uh, sort of small chunks of cash coming in and you're like, uh, you start reinvesting it back into rentals and um, that's sort of uh, been my process. And now we got to the point where I'm doing uh, small multifamily units, um, applying the same flipping model, value add, uh, renovations, boosting up the rents, and um, having success on that side of the investing. I love it. So you started at 21, you're 30 now, and you've done, what, a little over 5 million in transactions. Yeah, I think we're like over 50 flips, all for a profit, by the way. Um, just to give your audience, uh, the smallest profit we had was like 19,000. The biggest one was around 70,000. So the numbers that you're seeing on these HDTV shows, guys, don't believe those $150,000 flip profits. Um, the average I would say for me in the Atlanta market is $45,000 per flip. That's not, um, taking into account capital gains. 
Sure. I love it. That's so good. I mean, at the end of the day, everybody gets very motivated from uh, watching the HGTV and, and getting super excited. Like, wow, you can make that much money and have fun, like remodeling your your uh, dream home or whatever it is. It's a little bit different when you actually get hands-on and start doing it yourself. There's a lot more uh, horror scenes behind behind the camera. Yeah, you know, especially nowadays. Um, so when they show you those HDTV shows, it, we see it about a year, year and a half delayed. So right now, if we're focusing on the 2019 market, um, materials are at an all-time high due to the tariffs from China and um, other regulations. Wood metal, granite, um, kitchen cabinets, everything has increased in price. So we're adding about um, 10 to 15% additional to our in, uh, budget for that uh, markup that we're seeing from all of our vendors. Sure. So that's an important point to take into consideration also. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point. Probably not enough people out there are actually uh, doing something similar, but you do need to look at the current market, the current politicals even, uh, because where the sources are all coming from, it, it is getting a little crazy and the, the prices are getting increased. So, yeah, so yeah, definitely you have to be a well-rounded investor. You have to pay attention to politics. You have to pay attention to tax laws coming out. You yep. have to pay attention to a, a, a gamut of things because everything we're doing is so involved. Sure. With I love that. To the country. So Alex, overall, this podcast, it's all geared towards educating, motivating, and preparing people to take action in real estate. And I feel like one of the best ways to actually learn from other individuals like ourselves is really to dive into some of the most horror stories that possibly you've gone through and experienced yourself so you can help advise other people like, hey, don't do it this way. Maybe do it a, a little bit different. So do you have any horror stories or, or something that didn't come out exactly how you originally planned and moving forward, you, you're definitely going to adjust? Um, I can talk about um, horror stories that I see other people getting themselves involved in. Okay. So, uh, lately, what I've seen is um, some deals that I've picked up is where new investors started a deal. They didn't have the uh, proper uh, management. They didn't have the crews in place. They didn't have the vendors. Um, and they went way over budget. They blew the budget. Their hard money loan or their financing ran out. They're just stuck in the middle of an unfinished project. And then they're, you know, here I am coming in to rescue that project and buying it 50 cents on the dollar just to rescue these people out. So I would say, um, the horror stories that I'm seeing is newer investors and coming into the market, really not knowing what to do. And you know, when, when I share my numbers with someone, if a renovation costs me 45,000, doesn't mean it's going to cost you 45,000 because the crews that I have established, the vendor contracts that I have established are completely different. So you yeah. just need to take that into consideration. I love that. I think that's great tip overall, you know, it really comes down to the numbers. So understanding your own numbers very thoroughly and not looking at other people's numbers like yourself, somebody more experienced with more time, more knowledge, more relationship already built with these vendors to be able to get these discounted prices. Um, so that, that's something that people need to really identify and be able to calculate their numbers, analyzing the deal very due diligently. Yeah, I agree. So how do you, do you want to dive into that for a second before we, we dive into some other things like going over numbers and analyzing the deals? 
Yeah, like, I mean, how does your process work? So the process uh, after doing um, so many flips, it sort of becomes an automated second nature process. So when you walk into a house right away in my head, I can already tell you each window is going to cost me $150. Flooring is going to be $1.50 a square foot. Exterior paint is $1.25 a square foot. So you, you have this sort of automated system already created. So, um, but to get to that point, what you have to do basically to get to that level, uh, obviously the more volume you do, the better you'll um, be able to analyze your numbers, but you just need to start sort of writing it out on a piece of paper and each market has specific pricing. So you, yes. you know, you check what your laminate flooring installation costs are, because I know, for example, in California, San Diego, where I'm from, labor yeah. prices and installation prices compared to Atlanta, where I am now, are completely different. So especially if we're investing out of state in a different market, you have to see what that specific town is the going rate is for roof installation, for sheetrock. So I would say that's very, very important to narrow down. Yeah, no, that's crucial. It really is. And, uh, you know, the prices in Ohio where most of my portfolio is, is completely different than California here at San Diego. So it is a great point. Yeah. So you started off at 21 years old. What made you get started into real estate? You know, it was sort of um, always paying attention to um, checking out people's biographies, reading Forbes and seeing how wealth was created. As we know, lots of wealth is created through real estate. So I didn't grow up dreaming to be a real estate investor. It just sort of when you um, are around the environment and reading um, the Forbes list and um, checking out people who are doing better than you, you see it always circles back to real estate. So I was sort of listening on the radio, driving in traffic to college, um, Dave Ramsey, Clark Howard, all these types of um, Susie Orman, all these types of money um, speakers. And it, like I said, it all came back to real estate. Um, and uh, to me, it sort of was, I, it was a, I fell in love with it. It was a passion. You know, some people choose stocks, some people choose real estate. To me, I went the real estate route and it's um, been very great and um, something that I've always had a passion for. I love it. I love it. So at the age of 21, you acknowledge like, hey, real estate's the way to go, or it's, it's something that you're going to start pursuing to be able to get that financial freedom and do what the other speakers or mentors of yours are, are kind of coaching you into doing. Did you have any coaches or mentors besides listening to or reading some additional no, books? No, you know, I had um, just the education of life, basically. Yeah. I, I mean, I had a contractor steal from me. I had um, all that stuff that you hear the horror stories. That's <laughs> sort of how I learned. I mean, back then, like 10 years ago, we didn't really have podcasts. We didn't have informational platforms like this, like Instagram, where you can get so much knowledge now. And, you know, it's so much easier to get access to mentors than it was back then. Back then, I mean, it was just a book. You had a book or a radio show. So I feel like, in this environment, there's no reason that you should be making the mistakes that we made 10, 15 years ago because the knowledge is so easily and readily available. And yes. especially you can find a mentor who will take you through those first steps, which, you know, the point to newer investors, they're scared to give up equity in a deal. But the first deal is not the deal that's going to make you rich. The first few deals are an educational experience. Yes. You pay for college, you pay for textbooks. Why are you scared to pay someone 50% of the deal? 
yeah. it doesn't make sense to me. Why do you want to make those mistakes on your own? So it just comes down to that point. No, I love that. And like when you were mentioning learning curves, like your worst experiences, and you naturally started thinking about others because most likely it's been a long time since you've gone through your own and you just see these other guys that are going through these. Yeah, yeah, you know. These mistakes. I'm not dwelling. I don't dwell. I don't even... I. I learned from them and I adjusted my systems and um, it's so when you asked me I couldn't even tell you what was a recent one because what's awesome what's awesome about that is you can learn from other people like you can learn from all these other guys that are making these mistakes which puts up like huge red flags and then you don't need to make those mistakes yourself so like right right now when I'm looking or evaluating larger deals like these um multi-million dollar multi-family deals that I, I'm not doing it, but that I'm researching and reading like Joe Farrell's book that he just put out on syndication. That, yeah. That's where I'm learning from people who are on that scale. So like you're saying, um, I'm learning from the content they're putting out from the mistakes they made. Yep. I love that. It's so good. And it's really so crucial. Like when I got started as well, um, I, I didn't have, I didn't know about, I was just uneducated. Ignorance is bliss. You know, I didn't know about, uh, any coaches, mentors, or anybody that could help cut my learning curve in half. If I would have, I would have pulled the trigger in a second because that first deal, it, yeah, I got it for $9,000, which you know saved my ass overall. But it should have took two months. It took a year and two months. And five contractors later, it got screwed over. It should have sued three of them. Like The list goes on with all the chaos and problems, the extra money I spent. And now I see other people that I'm coaching and they get the results within the first month or within the first three months. And they're still a little worried because they're going through like that initial learning curve of first time doing it. But it's super amazing to see people learn from other people that have already been there and done it. Yep, I completely 100% agree. So for you, it didn't always start off like going full time into real estate investing. It was kind of more of a side thing. You were in corporate America, correct? Yeah, I was in corporate America basically since 2011. I, I just, I left in March of 2019. So, Dude, congratulations. I love yeah. that. That's that's a huge breaking point and it's just, it's super awesome to see it's like a, what you've accomplished thus far and where you're going. It's a huge mental shift. Yes. You need to take the leap when you're at the right time because you're basically jumping into a different environment where you're not having paycheck hit your bank account every two weeks. Yes. So. <laughs> I love it. So how did you prepare for that? Like the, the title of this message is not quitting your W-2 too early, not leaving that job, that stability, that J-O-B. Mm-hmm. But why would you recommend other individuals out there to do the same exact thing that you've done? Yeah, I mean... I used my W-2 job strategically, methodically, like a well-written plan. Yep. Because without the W-2 in this country and without a good credit score, you are useless to the banks. You are nobody. doesn't matter how much money you're making cash or on the side. They want to see a W-2 and consistent income. Yep. So knowing that. Otherwise, there's no credibility. There's no relationship. It's like a stranger you're meeting in the middle of the road out of nowhere with no credibility, no relationship, no warm recommendation. That credit score and that W-2 of stability, it really helps out. It makes a hell of a, like a warm introduction from like your neighbor. Absolutely. So after buying a couple rental properties, going through the mortgage process and underwriting, you see the amount of documentation required. I knew that if I would leave too soon, I wouldn't be able to keep adding to my rental portfolio as fast as I wanted to. 
Yep. So I stuck it out. I had a goal in my head to reach $10,000 of cash flow or rental income. And that's what I was striving for. And, you know, when it got to a certain point, the side investing hustle, as you could call it, started getting larger than my job. And that's what you want to see. At that point, you know, you're ready. Um, what I see is a lot of people who are going through college right now or who are debating with their parents whether or not they should go to college. I feel like I still feel 100% strongly that the education that you can get is 100% important because for me right now, my worst case is everybody's daily life. Meaning if real estate goes to hell and things fall apart, I still have my bachelor's degree. I still have my master's degree. Yes. I still have experience of working in corporate America for the past 10 years. Yep. So that is a great point. I, I was about to say, like, I, I think you and me are like one of a kind and like I relate with you so much except for the school stuff. But with your point behind it, it does make sense because God forbid if real estate takes a shit or whatever it is, you do have- yeah, your worst case becomes everybody else's reality. That's yeah. what that's what I'm applying. Yeah, no, that's great. It really is. And it's an awesome security to have behind you. Like I, I don't have the education to be able to rely on something like that. Like I'm all in or I'm going back to like being a waiter. You know, yeah, that's yeah, just yeah. what it is. So I, I think that's awesome. It's a it's a great point right there. Now, as you were building up your portfolio, I know the traditional loans, you can get up to 10. Is that what you took advantage of? Yeah, so I got up to um, that amount and then I started finding owner finance deals. Yeah. I did a couple of those. Love it. Which avoided me talking to any banks, which was awesome. Someone doesn't know what that is. It's uh, literally the owner of the property acting as the bank and you just make the payments to them monthly as opposed to a bank. So I did a couple of those and then I started um, uh, finding private money lenders, hard money lenders, trusts that were lending on real estate. And that's um, sort of how uh, I got out of um, using banks. But again, that stuff does not come without experience, a resume and a track record. Yeah. No, trust private lender or anyone is going to trust you if you just um, coming out of nowhere and saying I need money to invest in this deal for my first time. Yeah. So I always tell people like hard money or private money, they are really concerned on the deal itself. So if you have a screaming deal, you do have a ton of leeway, but the confidence, the education, the platform that like you are getting judged yourself as well. So if you don't know what the hell you're doing, if you don't have like a scope of work detailed and, uh, and really know your plan of execution, and if you can't walk up with confidence, because this is your first deal and you're like shaking how scared you are. You can't walk gonna, they, they sense it from a mile away on a phone call right away. They're going to put you on a phone call. They're going to ask you a couple technical questions. Yep. You're going to stutter on those questions and that's it. There goes the confidence of that lender. Yeah. So in the beginning, there there's tons of different ways to be able to get educated. Uh, I would, uh, one thing about education, I would say get comfortable with the language of real estate. Yes. You know, people study different languages, Spanish, English, Mandarin. You need to study the language of real estate because there's a certain way investors talk. There's a certain way lenders talk. That's very important to know ROI, cap rates, uh, LTV, all this stuff. You need to know what this means because on the phone call, they're going to be using abbreviations. And if you're saying, what is an LTV? I mean, that 
so that's why you have to study sort of the basics of real estate first. Yeah. At the end of the day, I don't know why this is, but for real estate in particular, like there's a million and one acronyms. Uh, so I don't, I don't know what that's about, but it does make it a little confusing. We like to throw in a bunch of acronyms and uh, abbreviations for things, which is ridiculous, but um, it is super crucial. And I, I never even really thought about this until you just mentioned it, you know, being able to talk the lingo, talk the talk, and that brings so much comfortableness and confidence in the other individual that I'm speaking with, knowing that, hey, like this guy knows what the hell he's talking about. So, you know, yeah, I can either lend cool. money to him or like, let's work with this guy. So that's a great point. So as far as your real estate history goes, if you don't mind just diving into a bunch of different methods that, that you have taken down some deals. I know you just mentioned creative side of financing. I really love creative real estate investing, but uh, you mentioned one form as far as seller financing where the owner of the property actually acts like the bank for you and, and carries the note for you, all negotiable, which is awesome. You've done wholesaling, fix and flip, rentals. Do you, do you, you know, mind just diving into that? Yeah, so when I started out, um, sort of in my journey of flipping, it got to the point where you run out of money very fast. It's very cash-intensive business. So I started partnering with people. I started um, going to networking events. Um, making myself known, telling people who I am, what I'm doing, and yep. started picking up um, people who are doctors, attorneys, CPAs, business people, Love. and targeting them specifically. And, to, and I started um, doing video marketing. If you go to my website, alexbabayev.com or aerolproperties.com, there's a portfolio section there with videos that I did. I spent a lot of money on content, documenting my flips before, during, and after, and showing these results to people which then allowed me to have credibility and bring in partners. So these partners I would bring in, um, we would go, they would, they would buy the asset. So they would buy the property and depending, I would fund the renovation and the materials depending what structure, but we were doing 50, 50, 60, 40, 70, 30. So that's how I um, was able to grow by um, utilizing these partnerships through marketing and um, targeting higher net worth individuals who have cash. And let me tell you, there's a lot of people who are just cash sitting on the sideline right now. So if you can make yourself be a reputable resource or uh, brand expert in some particular market, the money is not going to be the problem for you. Yeah. And that, that's the thing that breaks my heart. There's like so many people that come up to me mentioning that they think they, they need a ton of money to get started. Like, and they're just saving up, they're waiting for it, or they're trying to make this other job or whatever it is, like their main thing, try to be able to produce a bunch of income. And then they're going to put it into real estate because they believe that they need that to get started. Um, that's just wasn't the case for me. As I can tell, uh, it doesn't seem like it was the case for you either. Obviously, the traditional way is awesome if you can do it, but then yeah, overall... I feel like you're sitting on the sidelines watching as deals are happening, which you need to get off the sidelines. If you have 15, 20, 30,000, that's enough for you to get into some deal to do something. You yeah. just need to align yourself with the right people. Sitting there waiting for your bank account to grow from 20,000 to 40,000, you're going to be sitting five more years. Yeah. Well, in the meanwhile, you could have already done something with that 20,000 that's just sitting there. I love it. It is. It's so it's so crucial because you don't need a ton of money, but you do need the track record. You you do need to be able to build up the confidence, have some kind of credibility because all the money in the world's out there. So as you 
focus on one thing, you get very successful at it, you, you get the education, you're known as the expert for that type of realm, that strategy within that market or whatever type of value that you're bringing to the other individual, the money will be there. You just need to build a relationship, get out of your comfort zone and, and constantly connect with people. Yeah, and I, I feel like something that is not utilized is people who are working their full-time jobs. They could be software engineers, they could be social media managers, they could be website designers. You right there have a valuable skill. You have something that is um, needed and if you can partner that skill up with somebody who's doing something you're interested in such as real estate investing they'll be gladly willing to take you on if somebody reached out to me and said I'm a website developer I can revamp your entire website give you the best platform for you I am but I but teach me real estate I would gladly trade their website services for my real estate knowledge and maybe we can partner and do something so I feel like people aren't utilizing the talents that are that they have within them to get into the industry as well. I love that. I love that so much. It's it's the value add. Just like real estate, we're all looking for distressed properties to do the value add and be able to either cash out or refinance or whatever. It's all about figuring out where you hold your value, having something that you're very educated on that you can add value to other people and then doing that trade-off. Which everyone has, that's something that the exactly. other person doesn't. It's crazy because you never know uh, what the other individual has that you want as well as what they need from you. So just exchanging that, I couldn't tell you how many times I've done that myself. Uh, yeah, I do that on a regular basis for, for credit, for, uh, for social media stuff, a bunch of different platforms that help us out in our business. And it's just super powerful to see other people get results and just doing a trade-off. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about credit for a second because I know you mentioned it just a, a few moments ago, how important credit is and then the W-2 to be able to to get um, the relationship built with the banks and the credibility. I know before we got started, I believe we were talking a little bit about credit hacking and some powerful stuff that you actually do as well. And, uh, and that's why I was like laughing to myself. It's like, wow, the more I get to know you, Alex, it's like, dude, we're one and the same. I'm telling you, we, you and I, we do yeah. too many uh, similar things here. Yeah, yeah, you know, the credit um, hacking is very powerful as well. So when you start utilizing First of all, let's talk about that you need two years of business tax returns to be looked at as a business professional, as an actual entity by banks. So while you're um, sitting at your W-2 job, you need to create an LLC and start doing some business in a business tax uh, entity, in a tax entity, um, which will allow you to later on get business lines of credit, which I've utilized a lot from community banks, which is very powerful later on to make cash offers and real estate investing. Besides that, the other um, true benefit of real estate investing, since it's very cash intensive, is all these different credit card promotions and stuff that pop up all the time that you can take advantage of and um, travel with your family, enjoy fine dining restaurants and all that because you're charging the stuff on your credit cards. When you go to Home Depot, you're charging it on your credit card. Well, I try to use vendors that accept credit cards. That's, so, that's actually one of my checklists when I talk to a vendor, a kitchen cabinet company. Do you accept credit cards? And if, if they tell me yes, then uh, I'm, you know, motivates me more to work with them because, first of all, you can delay paying the credit card. As you know, you have 30 days to charge and yeah. then 30 days until they pay them back. So you right, self, uh, right there just buy yourself 60 days of free money. 
It's crazy. It's so powerful. The, the power behind credit is outrageous. Like I'm so blessed uh, to find my passion in real estate, but without, without the credit, I wouldn't have been able to scale up to where I'm at today. And that's all just the power of the promotional deals that you're mentioning, building the relationships with the banks, getting huge credit lines, and then being able to, you know, with the little credit hacks, be able to do all this stuff to be able to get the 0% interest for 18 months. Yeah, I have like, for example, the Chase Inc. card now that's 0% interest for 18 months. And yeah. so they, they gave me 35,000 credit limit on there. I don't have to pay it back until 2020, you know? Yeah. So it's just, I, I did a flip with that and that money is just sitting there right now, charged up fully and I'm just waiting to pay them back next year while utilizing their money. I love Beautiful. it. Speaking of which, Chase uh, Inc. is actually one of the best cards when it comes down to insurance. So as long as you're paying your cell phone bill, you can get up to three new cell phones per year. It's crazy. And anybody else that's under your cell phone bill, but they're all types of insurance. It's, it's actually very solid. So there's so much power. Yeah, you know, this is, this, the credit aspect is a complete, it, you know, I, I don't even know how to say it, but I don't know why society does not implement the teaching of credit and the importance of it and the different ways to utilize it in middle school, high school, college, people come out here and it's just like a land of undiscovered opportunities basically. And whoever yeah. can figure it out, whoever can take advantage of it, it's there for taking advantage. Everyone has the same opportunity to um, um, utilize it, but a lot of people are not doing that. Yeah, no, I know. It breaks my heart. It's crazy because you need it. It's like so friggin' needed. Uh, you need it for everything. And like when the time is right and you do actually need these loans or whatever credit in general, you're either going to pay a ton of extra money because you don't have the best rates or you're going to get denied and you're going to yeah, be very so for, for example, in that chase uh, promotion that I just mentioned, 18 yeah. months of no interest. So what, let's break down. What did that allow me to do? That allowed me to not pay a hard money lender 11, 12% on funding the deal of that $35,000 because Chase is carrying it for me for a 0%. So that's just, the, you have to think outside of the box and get creative with this stuff. Yeah, it's, it's so powerful. Like every single remodel I've ever done has always been on credit as 0% interest. And then it also secures me with contractors because if they don't do the work, then it's on a credit card. So then I can just call up the credit card company, tell them, hey, they didn't do what they said they were going to. I get my money back. Yep, yep, it's um, amazing. Yeah, I've even purchased properties with credit cards. So it's there. Once you really learn the insides and outs, there's like so much power behind the credit card game and uh, just building up your credit in general. Definitely recommend everyone to focus on you need to you need to get that credit score above 700. Yeah, to be a player in the game. That's right. That's so true. Dude, Alex, uh, I appreciate it so much. There, there's so much great content in here. Um, you know, before we get out of here, is there anything in particular that that you would like to leave to the audience, to the listeners, to be able to really be able to take action? You know, at, at the end of the day, um, action, execution trumps knowledge. You can sit there, read all the books, listen to all the podcasts, but you got to get out onto the playing field. You know, it, you need to make that mentally shift the mindset from becoming an employee to becoming a uh, an entrepreneur, somebody who's making it happen in the space and whatever space your passion is in because just everything in theory, um, um, just storing in your head 
is not going to get you the results. So I would just strongly just do something, get involved, get 5% of a deal somewhere, just get yourself your foot in the door and you'll see it's powerful. It, it becomes an addiction. You can't live without it. You're just constantly hunting deals and trying to get to the next step once you get onto the playing field. Yeah. No, I mean, at the end of the day, it comes down to like the education is great. There's like, it covers maybe 50, 60% of what you're actually doing. But then afterwards, you got to get out there in the real playing field, in the real world, and you need to take action. You're going to want to because that's where you really learn the most. And even all the things that you learn in the books, podcasts, YouTube, whatever, like that's where I started off as well. But it, it only gets you so far. And then once you're out in the real world, you're not even going to rely on all the things that you just learned because the stupidity or whatever, like one-on-one transactions with your contractors. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah. you know, very different. it's very different than reading about it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's totally different. So I love that. That's a great point. You just spent all this time with us and all the listeners. What can the listeners do to give back to you? You know, like I said, if you guys are interested in real estate investing and you have some skill, some talent, something you would like to trade for real estate knowledge, real estate mentorship, contact me. I'm available. Follow me on Instagram, Alex underscore flips underscore ATL. Reach out to me on Facebook and, you know, let's make it happen. Even if we um, don't work together now, you never know, you know, at the end of the day, it's a small real estate community when our paths can cross, when I'm in your city, when you're in my city. So just stay in touch with um, uh, people who you, you think you can get some value from and you'll see the opportunities grow. You know, all these deals that are happening that I'm getting that are happening in back rooms are from people who I know. When I'm getting an uh, amazing deal, I'm not sending it out to some random person. I'm sending it to a group of 10 people who are on my list of uh, investors. So you need to get into that inner circle. You need to become close. And that's where you see um, the true transformation. The mind, um, your mind mindset is going to shift and you will be um, empowered to do more once you're around those types of people. I love that. It is so true. Like your surrounding is everything. It really makes up who you are. It determines how you're thinking, your mindset, and uh, and how you're going to act. So, you know, being around the, the right individuals. Um, I also think that's a great a great way to leave it as well. Like you're, you're willing to give out your time, your energy to help out other people if there's some value that can be exchanged, which is, that's huge. I love that. So I appreciate your heart, brother. I appreciate uh, your time on here. Is there any other way that people can get a hold of you? I know you listed off a few, but is there any other ways that you prefer people to reach out to you? You know, you could go directly on my website. Like I said, Errol Properties, A-R-A-L Properties.com or just type in my name, AlexBobbyM.com. And you'll be able to get in touch with me. Cool. I love it. Cool. Well, appreciate you, Alex. Um, you know, I, I know time's our biggest asset. So I appreciate you giving up some years to be able to give back to the listeners. That tells a lot about your character. And where do you see yourself going in, in the near future? You know, right now I'm focusing on some new development of multifamily in downtown Atlanta. And uh, I'm trying to um, shift from um, heavily flipping into building out that rental portfolio even larger and, you know, when you have a goal and you hit that goal, it's amazing because you're like, oh, man, I hit that. And that's yeah. sort of like, you know, when you pay attention to people like Grant Cardone would tell you to 10x your goals and dreams. This is sort of why, because some of uh, a lot of us, I came, I was a victim of this also, set the goals 
when you were at a certain point, you're like, oh, I want to get to $10,000 a month of rental income. So now my goals are higher than that. So that's what I'm focusing on the next stage of my um, investing career and um, that's sort of trying to get into some development, new construction deals in downtown Atlanta. I love that. That's cool, man. And how many rentals are you currently at right now? How many doors? I'm around 30 doors. Good for you, brother. That's huge. Good for you. Cool, man. Dude, uh, super, super excited yeah, and appreciate yeah, you. Let me just say one more thing too. We all started with one door. Yep. So don't get discouraged. I mean, it's, we're looking at these people who are owning thousands of units and all that. You got to start with one. So, yeah. and you know, it could, when I say one, it could be a duplex or quad plug, but you got to get something. Don't get discouraged. Yeah. Just use it as motivation. Like you got to, anything that is discouraging, you got to try to find the source of that try to like ball that up and use it for some motivation to be able to push yeah, you forward. For sure. It has to be your fire, your drive has to, which motivates me when I see these guys who say they have 10,000 units. I'm like, man, that's awesome. Hell yeah. I love it. Well, you and me both one day it's coming up, brother. I appreciate you. All right, guys. Um, appreciate all the listeners as well. Uh, tuning in, listening to this every single week, every Monday. For uh, Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. Like I said, we're all geared towards educating, motivating, and preparing you to be able to take action in real estate. So if you found value in this, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure that you share this out, leave a review, and uh, and reach out to us. Uh, you can find me at BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Otherwise, Instagram, Brandon Elliott Investments, or uh, Facebook.com slash Brandon Elliott REI. Would love to hear some feedback from you guys and make sure you share this out. Let me know what you guys think. And Alex, dude, you're the man. Appreciate you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Take care, everyone. All right, guys. Stay blessed. This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. Until next time, God bless.